Hello and welcome to the Find Your Fizz podcast. This brand new podcast is hosted by none the other but myself, Fizz Yasin. Not only am I a specialist yoga teacher, but I'm also a qualified nutritionist, heart warrior, mental health advocate, and an all-round happiness viber. On a daily basis, I try to truly live yoga off the mat by spreading kindness, happiness, and fizz to all. So this podcast is all about helping you find your fizz. Because according to positive psychology experts, happiness has been a human pursuit for as long as we can remember. And in general, happiness is understood as the positive emotions we experience when we undertake those pleasurable activities in our daily lives that give us this fundamental emotion for positive health and a happy heart. So where does this fall in for us 20-somethings? Like many of you listening, I'm on a constant quest to find my life's calling, as I definitely don't think I've found the key to happiness and success just yet. So is happiness really out there for us to find? Or is it inside of us waiting to be found? Each week, we'll dive into some inspiring conversations with some magical humans to discover their life's calling and happiness journey and check in with how they find their fizz. We'll share some tips to help you, including a weekly happiness challenge we'll set you. At this point, you'll probably be thinking, Fizz, can we actually measure happiness? And in short, I found out, yes, yes, you can. And happiness will look different for us all. So without further ado, let's dive into the first show of this podcast and this season. I'm so excited to raise a smile for the upcoming start of Tokyo 2021 Games, Team GB's canoe slalom athlete, Adam Burgess. Let's cue the show. So this week, I have one of the most positive and happiest people I know, Adam Burgess. Adam is not only the Team GB Canoe Salem athlete for Tokyo 2021, but his previous achievements include under 23 world champion, vice European champion, World Cup overall third, world championship finalist, and multiple World Cup medalist. Wow, what a list of achievements. So welcome, Adam. How are you? Thanks, Fizz. Uh, Really good, thank you. Really good. Good to be here. Oh, I'm so, so pleased that you wanted to come on the podcast and I'm very honoured to know an Olympian as well, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, which, which excites me a lot. Um, so I guess I wanted to first and foremost start off with your personal mantra. So this podcast is obviously all about finding ways of being happy and just, you know, finding great ways of understanding how happiness can be associated in your life. But your personal mantra really spoke to me, which says, good person first and athlete second. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So um, I guess that that sort of came to me um, a few years ago, um, probably going for a bit of sort of like self-discovery um, type of like, um, years. Um, and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not just about being a good person, as in um, being kind to others and trying to share my energy. Obviously, that's really important. Um, but also, um, I just like the idea of, of like being a good person, like a, a good human, being interested in lots of things. And um, I also like to think you know if you're if you're interested in, in lots of stuff then that could make you quite interesting um so that's a little bit the good person as well it was almost like twofold um 
And then a little bit, um, I guess we'll talk about it a bit later as well, but the idea of, um, you know, not attaching too much of my identity to being an athlete, um, that actually, you know, I'm, I'm all of these other things as well. And, and that's potentially, um, you know, that's a bit more important, really, because I'm just messing about on a river, really. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny you say that, messing about a little bit on the river. Can you tell us what canoe silent is for those that don't know what the uh, sport is? Uh, yes, yeah, so canoe slalom is kind of, usually I like to describe it as, it's like ski slalom, um, which most people have seen on um, Ski Sunday, um, except for our water's not frozen, um, but it's still moving down the hill. So it's moving quite fast. And um, our poles, um, we've got green poles and red poles. Green ones we have to go through in a downstream direction, and the red ones we go in an upstream direction. Um, so that kind of adds an extra element to it as well. And, and yeah, it's just quickest past the post, really. Um, we, uh, we, we don't race head to head. Um, it's, it's, it's all timed and yeah, it's, it's just awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so exciting, so exciting. Well, I guess we've also got to kind of mention how we kind of first met. So mm. me and Adam first met um, sort of through a mutual friend who we were doing a business mentorship scheme with, would you say? Um, yeah. And it was really cool because on the first day we kind of met, we um, actually went paddleboarding at Lee Valley Centre, which was quite insane. And Adam, you've got some cool um, yoga moves on the paddleboard as well, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, I'd love to um, start teaching that one day as well. Like Stand-up paddle is just, it's like so accessible to so many people compared to like whitewater slalom. Um, exactly. But it's such a good way into paddle sports. Now, I'm really excited to see more and more people doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And just going back on, I guess, um, relating it back to what you do as being an athlete, what kind of first got you started in, um, you know, the canoe slalom and how you kind of have made it to where you are now being, you know, heading towards Tokyo 2021 now. Um, yeah, just tell us a little bit more about your journey. So I started canoeing when I was 10 years old. Um, wow. Which is, yeah, that's what, that's, well, 17, almost 18 years ago now. Feels like I've been doing it forever. Um, it was a link that my school had with the local canoe club. Um, and it was the first year that they tried this, but a, a, one of the coaches basically approached the school and they wanted a group of eight kids to start. And I actually wasn't in that group. Um, it's one of those um, things where you had to get a little slip of paper signed by your parents to say, yes, uh, Adam is allowed to come to this. Or, and the kind of, I kind of was sort of interested. I mean, I did a lot of other things as well. Um, but that bit of paper never really made it out of my school bag, I don't think. So I missed the opportunity, really, and um, wasn't really, I guess, didn't really think about it too much until someone dropped out about six weeks in and and it just happened that it was my form tutor that um that had the link and she just mentioned in like registration one morning oh by the way someone's dropped out of the canoeing and if if someone else would like to do it there's a place available mm. and um a friend i sat next to was like oh i think you'd like it um and they were doing it as well so i just put my hand up like oh yeah like i'll I'll give it a go. <laughs> and, <laughs> Why um, not? You know. Yes. Yeah, so to think that I've kind of come all this way um, is is amazing, really. Um, you know, I, I started off because I was a bit behind. Um, mm. You know, I was I was getting beaten by the girls for for quite a long time. Yes, um, girl power. Which to, be, 
<laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, at that age, I don't think it's too abnormal, actually. Um, girls got, got good quick. Um, <laughs> but then um, I remember the, the evening of the week that we were training on changed, and I couldn't make that one. Um, and there was this lad at the canoe club offered to come down and, and continue to coach me on the same evening. And I ended up with like one-to-one coaching with a guy who was kind of just pushing uh, the British junior team at the time. Um, and that really sort of started to bring my level up. And then, yeah, I just never looked back really. I just loved it from the word yeah. go. Um, and I was really fortunate to live really close to the canoe club. Um, so I literally walked over the river um, every morning going to school. Um, and I remember I'd have been sort of 13, 14 when I just had this realization. Like, oh, there's, there's like no reason why I can't just go training before school or mm. drop some kick drop some kit off before and go straight after and so you know from from quite a young age i was training quite a lot writing my own training plans um we did also have a really good group and good coaching um but um i think it's it is a bit more the the intrinsic motivation and yeah. and the wanting to go and do it myself and do you think that's what kind of helped you find the goal and the mindset of like heading towards the Olympics? Definitely, yeah. And it's it's something that that throughout my career I've made sure that um, I come back to if I feel like I'm losing any of that mm. or just that ability to just go out on the river on my own, just to go and have a play. Yeah. Really, sometimes that's what it's about. Exactly. Um, Achievements have shown that as well, right? <laughs> All the things that you've um, achieved is amazing to see. And just your feelings with, obviously, um, those that are listening right now, we're just basically coming out of a pandemic or for Corona, <laughs> if you didn't hear about it. Um, so that meant, sadly, Tokyo 2020 got cancelled. Um, so how, how did well, that postponed. feel? <laughs> postponed postponed yeah. postponed let's get that right postponed Very big until, difference. <laughs> until until next year of course mm. i think my heart would break because i'd love just sitting there watching it oh. um but yeah so how did you feel when you know this this kind of all happened because i think it does take a lot of psyching up and mentally preparing yourself and physically preparing yourself as an athlete to only then, you know, not know what's happening. And then now having to sort of look at all your goals and trying to sort of make a new timeline up. Right. So tell mm. us a little bit more about how this experience has been for you. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting. And I think, um, weirdly enough, I think being an athlete, some, can almost give you some of the skills to mm. deal with the, this kind of situation anyway but also I think to have the curiosity to almost like observe from above kind of what's happening um how I'm feeling that that sort of thing and um to begin with um I think a little bit of denial to yeah. start with I think kind of you know, there's a pandemic going on and I was kind of just like, ah, this will, this will blow over and we'll be all right. The games won't get cancelled. Mm. Um, and then it was, you know, like one by one, uh, it's the football league and um, like the football European Cup and all these sports events were being cancelled. And um, for a long time, the Olympic Committee sort of held on. Mm. Um, and, and, and I did too. And I guess um, all of us did. But you know, at the same time, you know, whilst that date was in the diary, then 
you know, no way am I easing off training and absolutely, you know, you have to just keep working towards it. Yeah. Um, and how were you still um, sort of preparing for it? Because obviously you headed back to your mum's, right? Yes. So as soon as um, it was the day before the lockdown was announced here mm. and our, our Whitewater Centre um, near London had closed to the public already um, and then it closed for Earth uh, British Canoe very like quickly after that as well. Um, so I went straight home because I was like, oh, you know, I'll just go back to my roots. I can train at home. I can get on the river. Um, I can actually get on the river at the bottom of the street that my mum lives on yeah. and then paddle up to the slalom club. It was that close. Um, but within a few days of being home as well, um, British Canoeing had said, um, yeah, like we're not going to access the waterways now. Um, I think like, the government and the environment agency had said, yeah, there's, there's no access, which that was quite tough to take yeah. to start with because um you know we, we were allowed to exercise and people were out on their bikes and stuff and you know i felt like I've, i was safer on a flat river than absolutely than people on roads on bikes but you know we had to um had to listen to what uh, we were being told and listen um, to the rules so, kids the rules yeah. are there <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i behaved um and british canoeing kindly set me up with a bit of a home gym mm. um so i was able to keep training um and lifting weights doing some gymnastics yoga that mm. sort of thing um and yeah i guess we just waited until um it was very much we were in limbo for a while um especially whilst we were waiting to hear what was going on and then yeah. the olympics got postponed obviously mm -hmm. um so then that was almost i guess a little bit of relief um because of you know, I knew there were nations where I had had competitors that were still able to train full time. And then, then there came a bit of concern and worry, like, oh my God, does this mean I'm going to lose my place? And I was, you know, I, I was like, I think it would be very wrong to have it taken away. Um, but also for like, the logistical reasons of like well how are they going to even reselect like when's that yeah, going to happen exactly it because you guys psych yourself up so much like we speak about obviously you work with sports psychologists and mm. um you know to be able to get yourself prepared but like you said it was a bit of a relief to know that they have been postponed because obviously your training schedule was already getting a little bit messy now right like yeah, you couldn't exactly. do every preparation that you were expecting to do at this moment in time because I remember you were meant to head out to Japan and then obviously that all got mm. shifted um so do you feel like you did feel quite unhappy and disappointed during these times as well or was there parts of happiness as well to be able to draw into that um it, it was very mixed and very up and down and and sort of limboy whilst whilst we didn't know if we were going to retain our places or not mm. and I think you know that's that's probably the only time in my life I feel like I've I've like felt like physical um like just nervousness and um, like anxiety kind I of guess thing. like anxiety yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of that was the time when yeah it's like the one time I really felt like I could relate to people that, mm. that I know kind of like struggle with anxiety I was like is, is this what it feels like yeah uh, like I had like physical like tension it was it was awful um it's a horrible feeling it's a horrible sleepless feeling. nights and yeah yeah no it's not nice is it um no so 
And then, yeah, so when our, our performance director and Team GB, British Canoe, everyone, they backed us to retain our places. Um, that was a massive weight lifted and I felt mm. like I could relax again. And, and then all of a sudden it's okay, well, here we go, Tokyo take two. And it was, it's, I'm trying to frame it as a really positive thing. And That seems like the only thing to do, right? I think it is. Um, in my event, um, from what I've seen, a lot of the medalists tend to be you know, sort of late 20s, early 30s. I feel like I'm coming into my peak now. So my kind of like this year, if I had raced and the coming four to five years are probably the best years I've got. Uh, yeah, another year is if, if anything, it's positive. It means that, you know, hopefully we get to have a nice, a good fair competition where everyone is able to prepare properly. And you know what? So I got selected last October from then until like March just absolutely flew by and I was loving it I was absolutely loving this whole like Olympic prep and this focus on like only one race and um, so when it was posted I was like oh I just have another year to kind of enjoy this this moment this period um, and it just builds up that the big event and, and yeah, and I mean, hopefully it is just one big celebration for all of us really. Um, cause I can't yeah. wait to watch the games as well. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I'm sure a lot I, I don't think I ever really told you, but like I was part of, I wasn't an athlete guys, but I was part of the London 2012 Olympics. Um, I was, um, 18 and I actually performed in the, uh, Paralympic <sighs> and uh, Olympic opening ceremony. So I danced in them and then yeah. I was also an Eton Dorney ambassador. So I watched a lot of the rowing and I helped with the rowing, which was insane. So I totally feel you like the celebration, the energy of being in the stadium that first day. Oh, my gosh. It's like surreal. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I, I can't wait to see how obviously once you once you guys get into the stadium, like the roars, the cheers, like how it's going to be next year. It's going to be exciting. So we spoke a little bit about identity. And I know mm -hmm. this is a topic that's really close to you about you know, the ways that people identify things, but also just you, you're not just an athlete, right? So mm. can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so um, I guess I come from a little bit of a mental health perspective um, with this, that I feel like the more, the more size there are to you, then potentially the more robust an individual you can be, mm. um, like mentally. And I think that that comes from you know having having periods in in my life in sport where maybe it's not gone so well or I picked up an injury that's a big one because that's that's a thing when you attach being an athlete and, and training every day you attach so much of your identity to that and that can literally get taken away in an instant um you know in a sport like mine it could just be you know you've you've just lost your concentration and made a mistake on the white water and been punished. Um, and yes, sometimes it can be for a week or two, or sometimes it could be months. And I think, you know, having the, the more almost you've got kind of backing you up and, and other things you can turn to, um, other things going on in your life, I think that can basically help out if something's not going so well, um, if that yeah. makes sense. So yeah, if, if my life isn't going so well in my sport, then, you know, I've got, um, I've got Ronnie, I've got my relationship um, mm -hmm. that, that I can go to and um, I've got my yoga and, and that whole community. Mm. Um, I'm really passionate about my specialty coffee 
um playing I music. actually was I actually was going to come to this point but we'll, we'll, because you've brought it up right so you are a professional specialty coffee brewer tell oh, me I'm more a, so I, I'm an intermediate brewer um, intermediate <laughs> Yeah, if I um, although I prefer level, I think level two maybe sounds better. Level level two, because I know um, when we spoke first, like Matt, and you told us about like this mindful activity that you do, mm. making coffee like for ten minutes in the morning. So yeah, yeah, like how did this whole qualification come about? Um, so as part of uh, my funding with UK Sport, we. We have access to a small pot of money um, for like, educational purposes um, and a little bit of sort of like just like extracurricular type stuff. Yeah. And I think it used to be strictly academic and more recently it's, it's been a bit more vocational. And um, I was able to do a, yeah, a specialty coffee association intermediate brewing course. Because um, why not, you know? <laughs> And yeah, I guess, I, yeah, I've been into my coffee for a good few years now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to do that training. Um, it's a qualification that, you know, that, that would be, that would, that's respected kind of all around the world. If I was to want to travel and then get a job in a coffee shop, it's almost like a bit of a, a backup plan. I could always just run away and be a barista um, and I'd be that. happy. I'd be happy doing that. <laughs> I, I love that about you because obviously like, you know, speaking about this identity like you're not just an athlete you're like a coffee brewer but also um just going on from that you're also currently training as a yoga teacher because I know you've spoken a lot about yoga throughout this uh, thing but mm. yeah just to let everyone know like you are training to be a yoga teacher at the moment aren't you yeah so um I'm training with a mutual friend um mm -hmm. Ellie um and yeah that's been taking place uh, weekends since last November wow, and um, it was it's been uninterrupted unfortunately um, mm -hmm. by the pandemic um, we had to do a couple of the weekends online um, but we have dates in the diary now to finish the course um, and yeah really excited about that really excited to see everyone again as well because um, that's 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 a massive part of it mm. um, and yeah I wanted to do it a little bit for my own practice um you know I, I know how much yoga is kind of added to what i'm trying to do in a boat um mm. it's brought a lot to my sport um in just so many different ways actually um i thought hey why not go deeper um and yeah. find out more and see if we can you know find more but also also because I'm interested and yeah. all good to have qualifications, isn't it? It's good to be think in this day and age, I think, you know, to have multiple strings to your bow, really useful. I um, feel you in that. And whilst I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm very unlikely to become a studio teacher anytime soon. Um, if I was to do, I'm not sure uh, how much teaching I do. If I was to do any teaching, I guess, in the, in the coming years, it would probably be sort of alongside like speaking engagements or corporate stuff that I do as an athlete. It's almost like a, like a unique selling point. Hopefully I could have. Um, yeah, definite USP. Cause you know, speaking about yoga, do you think it has made you a happier and better athlete? I think so. Yeah. There's in, in so many different ways. I think, um, you know, in, in elite sport, um, from, from my experience, it, you know, it's such a bubble. Um, we're, we're, we're not a huge team. And, and it's, it's, it's just so easy to kind of forget, um, 
or to yeah you're just not living in the real world basically um and and one of the the massive things that yoga's given me is just this whole community and you know meeting people like you um and all the other teachers that i've met and, mm. and friends i've made and um it's that's 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 one massive part of it but mm. then you know the practice itself um see it very much as a as like a manual of of how your body works and 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 you know i i've decided now it's like you, you just listen like this the, the yogis were right they just had it down there's so much stuff <laughs> and like science is, is just catching up now isn't it really and, yeah. and whilst you know some of the words might be different and yeah and it might sound a bit woo woo and that's definitely not for everyone um but you know just time and again it's like oh but then this is what a scientist would say about it absolutely and I think we we spoke about this how you know it's the yoga that's kind of helped you find a lot of focus within your sport like I remember you saying something to me about how focusing on the breath and the drishti so for those that don't know drishti is the gaze point that you look at to find set focus and concentration has mm. really made you a better performer when you're out on the water right so can you yeah how how do you think it's helped you in that way 100 percent. so we um we've gone through a phase the last few years of of trying to like not think basically yeah. just my instincts and it happened after um it was a world championships a couple of years ago and i think i really just overanalyzed this one move and and just put way too much attention on it um in the build-up and mm. it, it I think it just cost me so much energy mm. kind of on a cognitive level um, that, you know, when it came to delivering the move, yes, I, you know, the, sh the shape of it, the movement on the boat, it was lovely. I got everything right, but I just didn't have the headspace just to move my hands out the way. And I took a penalty on one of the poles and um, it put me out the final. Um, since then we've, we've, we've sort of reassessed and the, we're on a, a new model now, which, you know, it, it, it's in line with, I guess the current sort of, sports psychology of um visual cues and i had a bit of a like a eureka moment on a yoga mat like whoa like you know teachers cue us where to look in each pose each asana and i was like i'm not sure i'd know where i'm supposed to look in each different move that i'm doing in canoe slaloms like ah oh, i went about trying to figure out okay where where am i supposed to be looking basically um and now that's that's all I cue. It's all I want to think about when I race. Now is obviously we make a plan and we discuss yeah. the techniques beforehand, and then my final preparation is just all about the visual cues, so that when I race, that is all I've got to think about. It's okay, where am I looking? And then whatever goes on, because inevitably in slalom, you know, you're never on plan just a hundred percent of the time mm -hmm. because of the white water and 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 things going on. So um, whenever that that focus is is taken away from the here and now in the moment mm. um it's my draw to get back in to focus is is my visual cue it's my eyes it's yeah. drifty um so exactly. i actually do a, i call it my eye warm-up um <laughs> great before warm -up. I, yeah before i race now part of my part of the warm-up that i do on land um is i do three sun salutation a um nice. And, and the focus is on where I'm looking. And yeah. I actually quite like it, you know, when I'm on venue, say a world champs and I'm in a sort of busy sort of athlete village team area mm. and there are other things going on. 
my eyes are just fixed on if it's my thumbs, you know, my toes, um, because that's that's what it's going to be like when I get out there on the water. There are going to be other distractions. Absolutely. Yeah. That's such an interesting point that you say, because I don't think, you know, just for the sport you do, but in general, having that focus and concentration in life is always difficult to keep to. But do you think yoga really helps you on an everyday sort of perspective and level to help you with that as well? Definitely. Because um, it's, it's not just the focus, is it, as well? I think, um, like, the breath is mm. a massive one. Um, breath was a big part actually of, of why I wanted to get into yoga it, it helped me um, right relearning to breathe properly helped me to rehab a shoulder injury that I had yeah um, and and yeah you know you've just got that awareness I think when particularly if you've been on your mat that morning and mm-hmm. and and you're later in the day maybe you're like oh my my heart's beating a bit quick just now or um, or my breath feels like it's like a bit heavy or it's it's shallow in the top of my chest yeah um, me 99% of the time <laughs> <laughs> and then but you have that awareness that's like the first bit isn't it and then have the skills to be able to refocus and you know slow your breath down breathe through your nose and take it down mm. into the belly absolutely and just going on from that there's Something you described to me that I wanted um, to talk about, which was the energy plan that you go by. So mm. what is the energy plan and how has this sort of shaped the way that you, I guess, perceive finding happiness in your life and yeah, just overall? Yeah. So uh, the energy plan is, it's something that I do when I'm feeling like, you know, I, I need some more energy. I need to, uh, maybe I'm just going through something in my life that is, you know, it's causing me a bit of stress or worry. Um, it could be an injury or anything like that. Um, mm. And, you know, I usually start by just really simply writing a list of, of all the things that give me energy, bring me joy, make me happy. Um, and then I go back through that list and I, I pick four or five that I'm going to try to commit to. Mm. every day um which sounds like quite a lot but you know it could just be as simple as like a one minute activity or or 10 minutes it, it really doesn't take much um yeah. so some of the things that go on there tend to be um to play music like to make sure i picked up my guitar or i played some piano that day um to take my time over making my coffee in the morning yeah that is, that's always on the list um to read to meditate do yoga um i sometimes put one on there as um eat at least one meal with another person yeah Um, that's so important i guess for you as well because a lot of the stuff that you're doing on the water is by yourself yeah exactly so you know just actually taking that time in the day to you know you put your phones away and go and especially if it's just one person as well our conversation it's so nice yeah um so yeah basically when i do that um I feel like I could get through anything. I get to the end of the day and I usually have a think, okay, you know, how was today? Good or bad? And, you know, if it's not been such a good day, then I'll be like, okay, well, Adam, I, I talked to myself, like, like how many of these things did you do that you said you'd commit to? And, you know, if it's not been a good day, then, you know, it's usually none or one. Um, and if I've done all of them, then I've probably not even had to think about it because I've probably just had a great day and, and gone to sleep all night. Yeah. <laughs> So would you say that these are sort of like your, I guess, daily happiness rituals? So, you know, you use your rituals on a daily basis to help you get back to that level of just finding yourself again, I guess, to a certain degree. 
definitely yeah finding myself to that and also um like just finding the time again mm. because i think you know we, we can get caught up in, in in being busy and stuff but time is there to look after ourselves sometimes yeah all it takes is is five minutes sometimes to actually um just restore restore the balance yeah wow that that just seems so incredible like everything you've kind of shared with us today i guess what i would love to ask is if someone was sort of inspiring to you know be an athlete one day or um you know find find their place in the world in that sort of spectrum what what advice would you give to the younger generation i guess to find Mm. their way up i think um i think intrinsic motivation is king in sport in what i do that's that's what 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 i believe and you know if you're if you're enjoying it then you'll go a long way because you'll if you enjoy it then then you'll want to put yourself through the things that aren't so nice and Mm. you'll want to um you'll be curious and and you'll you know you'll you'll want to like i guess in canoe slalom it's break the ice in the winter to get on to to go warm up um yeah i think that's the main one you know it's got to come from within it can't be um a coach or a parent or or you know something else external whether it's you know if you're after fame or or money or whatever it is it can't be those things you've got to just love it i think and and yeah be 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 obsessed really yeah yeah, it does. It does uh, become like an obsession, I guess, to a lot of a lot of people when that, mm. that is a thing that you're living and breathing. It's like your livelihood as well, which people forget to see that, you know, you are getting paid to do be an athlete. Mm. Um, I think, you know, it's it's I'm very lucky to have found that thing and mm. to have found it at a young enough age that I was able to get to a high level. Um, but, you know, there's I guess there's no there's no age limit into finding your passion is there you know it might not necessarily mean you're going to be an olympian but whatever it is Mm. um then i think yeah i just think that yeah intrinsic motivation all the way (laughs) i think that's that's a really solid advice there because i think we can all be an olympian to our lives right we can be Mm. the olympian off um which is a great way to think about it i don't know how i just came up with that (laughs) um so you know you've inspired me with thinking about how you know being an Olympian isn't just about heading to the Olympics. And I felt this when I was 18 and just in this massive stadium. And I was like, whoa, like had I one day put everything into like one certain sport, I would have got there. But, you know, you can also think of it in an everyday sort of perspective as well. Like, mm. How can you achieve the goals, the things that you've always wanted to do or always like me recording a podcast? It's always been yeah. part of what I wanted to do. And I'm grateful that I've now found a way of doing it. But yeah, like, do you think you are the happiest you can be right now? I'd say I'm, I'm pretty happy. So, but I never like to, you know, if, if, I, if I do anything out of 10, I, it's, nine is the absolute maximum. I could be happier if I live near, nearer to the sea. <laughs> Yeah, I think be, that's that everyone's thing. <laughs> that would be like, you know what, if through lockdown we were like by the sea, I live near the Thames, so you know, great, the Thames are great, but it's not the sea, is it? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm really happy. I think I've got um, lots of different things going on that are interesting me, and, and obviously my main focus is, is really exciting just now. No, I think 
I could live nearer the sea. And you know, I think some of my closest friends I don't get to see very often. Your mates are really close all the time. Yeah. That that would be great. Um, but um, no, I'm 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 pretty happy with where I'm at just now. Good. Well, I think that's that's a beautiful way to sort of wrap up before we start a little quick fire round of a few Ooh. questions. So you know, just go with it. See where it takes you. The first question that I would like to ask you is, what one thing has made you happy today? I treated myself to a second coffee just before this, and I did really enjoy it. Was it a good one? Really, it was. It was good. I yeah. I think I I brewed it very well. Excelled myself this afternoon. <laughs> well, you know, you're not a professional for no reason. You can at least give yourself a great coffee. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Um, what are the top three tips that you'd give someone in the search of happiness? Top three tips. I'd say start with you. Start with yourself. I think you've got to look within, not, not at necessarily external factors. I'd say approach it with a sense of humor and lightheartedness. And I think, and also, yeah, just to not put too much pressure on yourself. Mm. to be happy yeah I think that's a constant one because everyone's always saying like you know you're always searching for happiness and I guess this is exactly why um I feel like this podcast just shows that happiness can just be so many different things in your life it doesn't mm. need to be one main thing and like you you know we could all you could say oh my gosh I'm like the happiest person because I'm heading to the Olympics but there's still a lot of progression to find your way there so yeah, yeah I think I think that's such a lovely thing okay so if you could do one thing for someone to make them happy what would it be um i think like write to someone handwritten that is that is a lost art and something i don't do enough of as well but um it is something i do really like to do yeah that's a beautiful one i think a lot of people just you know a text message is so different to like actually receiving a handwritten like yeah postcard i love receiving or... that sort of stuff yeah oh my gosh okay i'll send you a postcard after this and then you'll <laughs> you'll have a handwritten thing from me as a thank you <laughs> this one is actually going to be a challenge for everyone as part mm. of this podcast which is going to be what's your happiest sort of happiness activity and then we can set this as a challenge to everyone as part of the find your fizz community to do <laughs> Oh, so I mean, the first one that's jumped to mind is is to make a ritual and mindful experience out of brewing coffee. Um, but I know not everyone likes their coffee, and also to have access to you know, to not everyone's got a coffee grinder and all the yeah. That's a rabbit hole. We're, we're not all professional now. baristas here, you um, know. Just FYI. <laughs> so you know, another one that gives me so much energy, and it's one I'm really missing at the moment, actually is um cold exposure so mm. the challenge is to have a cold shower i think that's a great um, idea and i think you know what what should we say that maybe maybe like level one can be you can turn it down to cold at the end yeah for like 30 seconds but then if you want to really take it on it's cold and you step in when it's cold and you you get out still cold yeah um yeah i think that would be good because that actually comes from is it winhoff or like um yeah the the whole idea behind cold water therapy yeah wim hoff the ice man so he, yeah, he, the does, ice he man. does loads of that and yeah um, 
yeah I'm quite interested in that um I mean amazing I, my shower I think it doesn't go cold enough anymore um it's but I think you know going in a really hot building I think that's what it is <laughs> but it's still it's still all right um yeah. but I'm I'm looking forward actually to the lake at um the white water center getting really cold again um, yeah so you can dip into that, that. You know, it was so funny. It's funny you say that as well. Like, I know this is going to be part of the challenge if anyone wants to do this. But Adam, during lockdown, right, he filled up a bin, <laughs> but it was a clean bin. Um, and it's one of those wheelie bins where he put water and ice and then he went in it. And it was like, if you haven't seen it, you is it still on your Instagram? Yeah, it'll be on there. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll share the details and you've got to go and watch it because I was like, what a madman! Like literally, <laughs> who was like the way to find cold water is by yeah putting putting ice in a bin. So guys, if you've got a spare bin available, spare wheelie bin, put some ice in it, water, and that could be your little challenge. Yeah. Um, but that's amazing. Okay, this is the final question, and this okay. sort of like brings it all together. Is what does finding your fizz mean to you? What does finding my fizz mean to me? I think it just means like awareness mm. of, of how you're feeling in a moment and, and knowing or having the skill to do something about it if it's not where you want it to be. So whether it's, um, oh, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit low today and oh, I'm going to pick up my guitar and that's going to cheer me up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, excellent. I, well, I think that's such a great, great little shout of ending this podcast um thank you so much for coming on and being part of this process for me it's such an honor to have you cool yeah no problem at all i've really enjoyed it we, we're all wishing you the best of luck with, with tokyo 2021 now mm. um and if people want to follow your journey where can they find you what's your instagram handle and things uh my insta handle is at slalom underscore burgess um and i have a website as well www.adam-burgess.com amazing well i'm sure that everyone is going to go and follow you um and i'll add it into the show notes as well um cool. but once again thank you so much for just being such a positive light throughout this time you're amazing cool thanks very much thanks thank you. you're amazing too oh bless you <laughs> see you later see ya bye-bye Oh, thank you once again to Adam. That was such a wonderful conversation and I hope you took away some nuggets of wisdom from that. He is honestly one of the most amazing humans I know and not just because he is an athlete and heading to the Olympics, but he's genuinely such a nice guy and you can really tell that from just the way he lives his life. And I hope you'll raise a smile with me to wish him the best of luck at Tokyo 2021 next year and go follow him and follow his journey and see what comes off next year. I'm so excited to watch him out there on the water. So if you liked this podcast, please do subscribe, follow, like, share, comment and just help me spread all the fizz vibes to those that need it. You can catch me on social media at Happy Heartflow or come and visit my website happyheartflow.co.uk. I cannot wait to take this journey further with you and see what comes of it. I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Peace.